This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, it's another day here on Let's Go There. I'm Shira. And I am Ryan, and I just found a new way to make some money. Are you sure about that? Oh, yes. Okay. I think I found my gold mine. And what it's- is it? Pimping out my dog. Okay, that makes sense. I thought you were going to say going viral on Instagram, and I'm like, buddy, you know, uh, unfortunately, they don't pay. Sorry, Sherry, just because you haven't reached the level of success that I have doesn't mean that I I won't be able to make money. But no, Coco is a moneymaker. And speaking of going viral, I just realized my formula. You know, she takes so long. I think I'm just going to document her life and document the the struggles that I have to go through as a a dog parent. And who knows? I just feel like the money's going to rake in because she's cute, Mm -hmm. she's small, and she's black. Diversity's there. (laughs) You've got it all. (laughs) I mean, it's either babies or dogs. Come on. Yeah, I have no clue. And so if you want to check out the latest saga of my life, head over to my Instagram at the Slay God. 2022, a new niche for Ryan. Yeah, donkeys. It it makes sense. I'm surprised it took this long. (laughs) All right. Lots coming up on the show. Next hour, should you give up almost two weeks of work to perform on the biggest stage in the world? The LA Times joins us for that. Uh, plus, later in the show, a legendary classic rocker putting his money where his mouth is with regards to anti-vax talk. And then in 15 minutes, a big victory for the LGBTQ community among a lot of rollbacks. Equality California joins us for that combo. So we got good news and some bad news. A, a mix. A, a hodgepodge. Bit, yes. Potpourri. I think that explains us perfectly. Exactly. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though. Chambersburg, Monday, became the first municipality in Pennsylvania to repeal an LGBTQ-inclusive non-discrimination ordinance. The ordinance bans discrimination based on sexual orientation, gender identity, and ethnicity, and it covered employment, housing, and public accommodations. Passed, well, the Democrats were there. Of course, the Republicans took over, and that's what you get. Now, TikTokers, the Island Boys, have teamed up with U.S. Army to promote recruitment efforts. Here's a clip. Army recruiter giving out bonuses Paid vacation and a free, free college, no money. Hey, invite me right now, Sergeant Thomas. I want to be in the army. Invite me right now, Thomas. Hey, let me also add in a visual. Uh, they have like pigtails with their hairs, like their hair is everywhere. Um, they have tattoos everywhere, which I'm not against tattoos, um, but uh, I'm sure they would not necessarily do well in the army with that attitude. But I mean, they have a big following. So, like, is that actually going to work? 
It seems like this is part of it. They recruited some sort of influencer agency to hire these folks. Oh, wow. Uh, But, you know, it harkens back to 2020 when Representative AOC warned about the military using social and gaming platforms like Twitch to recruit young people. Children as young as 13 and oftentimes as young as 12 are targeted for recruitment forms uh, that, that can be filled online. This amendment is in direct alignment with both those values, but also the values that children should not be targeted in general for uh, many marketing purposes in addition to military. But where are they going to find the, the new military folks? I mean... The next generation is just waiting, including since we're almost, we might get into uh, a war with Russia. We need some new recruits. I don't need you manifesting that. <laughs> like, relax. I was, I was adding some irony to it. Well, I'm a Canadian. Either I'm about way. Peace, love, baby. Are you? While you were just manifesting war? <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure there's a lot of peace and love in that. But for me, yeah, go ahead and recruit the young people from Twitch so you can leave me alone. Because that's what Canada is where I'll be going if they try to recruit hey, all are, of us. Are, you're going to try to get married to me to get in? Um, Yeah, honestly, I think that'll work. Okay, I'll yeah, do it. As long as I don't have to you. sleep with you. Oh, headsy toesy. <laughs> Finally, the Biden administration is withdrawing its COVID-19 vaccination and testing regulation aimed at large businesses following the Supreme Court's decision to block the rule earlier this month that would have impacted businesses with 100 plus employees. That is out the door. Uh, but that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Ooh, uh, Cardi B just won a major lawsuit and Honey is getting a big, 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 big payout. Oh. It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. In all honesty, when I was like saying all those bigs, I couldn't stop. And so I was just like on a roll. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Cardi B won a federal libel case against blogger Tasha Kay on Monday after a nearly three-year battle in court. According to Billboard, a jury decided that Tasha Kay um, had defamed the rapper and awarded Cardi roughly $1.2 million in damages with potentially more to come. Now, Cardi first filed against Tasha in March 2019, accusing the YouTuber of waging a, quote, a malicious campaign to slander her. Um, now, Tasha's efforts, uh, Cardi alleged, including spreading rumors over social media about cocaine use, sex work, and an STI contraction. Here is what Cardi had to say back in 2019. I know I get it that I'm famous and people are gonna harass me, but when you harass my friends and talk about my friends and when you put my daughter in your mouth that's when i have a problem because i will bury a block for my child bitch i go to jail for life for my kid so don't even ever try it and i'm gonna sue that blogger because i'm sick of it gathering all my information bitch you want to keep harassing me you want to keep harassing my friends you want to keep making up i then bitch i'm gonna take all your Period. Honestly. um, I got the point, Cardi B. No, but are you kidding me? I'm not going to say anything. These blogs just can't go around and just lie and say things on it. You know, Tasha K actually admitted in court to posting lies about Cardi, but attempted to backtrack on her remarks during examination by her own attorneys. The blogger addressed the verdict uh, on Monday afternoon, tweeting that she and her team had, quote, fought really hard. Well, y'all better keep fighting to find that damn money. Because uh, I hope you got it in your bank account because you most definitely got to pay up. That is your T-Report. We got more coming up next hour. Uh, well, after this, Social Security is a recent victory for LGBTQ plus couples. But how do we process victories while states roll back rights? That's next. 
The Social Security Administration now allows gay men and lesbians to receive survivors' benefits if they can show that they were in a committed relationship and would have been married had that been possible. And that means almost 6 million of the nation's 65 million Social Security beneficiaries receive survivors' benefits, including children. That's a lot. Here to share more is Samuel Garrett Pate, Managing Director of External Affairs from Equality California. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Happy oh my, I miss Equality California. <laughs> well, no longer. I'm here. Yes. Well, we have, we're happy you are. And we've actually talked about this. This isn't necessarily new, but are, are you still helping or advocates still helping survivors figure this out? Because it seems like a lot of people might not realize that they can get these benefits. Well, I want to give a lot of credit uh, to Lambda Legal, which is the um, national LGBTQ legal organization that uh, led this class action lawsuit in Arizona that that led to this victory. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've known since uh, 2015 when the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in the Obergefell case that uh, that same-sex couples, like all couples, are entitled to equal dignity under the law, and, and that includes um, equal dignity in marriage. Um, that that wasn't the end of the fight, um, but in some way it's the beginning of a new fight, which yeah. was to ensure that not only are we able to get married, um, uh, you know, not only are LGBTQ Americans able to get married to people of the same gender, but that our marriages are, are fully equal under the law, um, that we're entitled to all of the same benefits um as 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 every other couple right um and i think this goes back to sort of early on in the fight for marriage equality there was a lot of talk about civil rights and the rights that come with marriage um and at some point we pivoted to the real sort of fundamental argument that this is about love and making sure that that everyone's love is is respected equally under the law it's not about the rights that come with with marriage, but it's about it's about dignity, right? And and just being treated equally and being afforded that dignity. Um, and it's an it's an interest. It was an interesting pivot um, because I think then, sort of after we we achieved that victory in Obergefell, people started to experience experience these disparities, and and we did have to sort of look back to okay, well, how do how does how do these individual benefits, how do these individual rights fit within that broader context of love and equality and dignity? And I think that this, the, you know, one of the couples that was a part of this case um, in Arizona and really hearing about their dedication to each other over many, many years um, really ties that together, right, mm-hmm. um, of of giving people social security benefits is not just about the benefits. It's not just about the right. Mm -hmm. It's about dignity, which is, is was the main focus of that, of that victory back in 2015 in Obergefell. Right. And we're talking to Samuel uh, Gary Pate uh, from Equality California. And I think the really good news here, of course, with everything that you just mentioned, but the good news here, it seems like it really could affect communities with higher poverty rates when we look at the bigger picture. Can you talk about that and the, uh, the economic equality that comes with this change? Absolutely. I mean, we know that the LGBTQ plus community is, is as diverse as the rest of the country. And so there are people who uh, are wealthy and there are people who, who are, are struggling. 
Um, but on the whole, um, the community does experience poverty at a higher rate than the general public. And that's mm. um, certainly fueled by generations and generations of discrimination and lack of acceptance um, and stigma toward the community that has resulted in employment discrimination, housing discrimination, um, you know, all of these, uh, all of these disparities that we experience contribute to dispar- economic disparities. And so making sure that people are entitled to survivor benefits um, is not, to your point, it's not just about dignity. It's not just about making sure people are treated equally, but it's also about helping to right some of these generational wrongs. Um, and I would say, too, that, you know, there, there is intersecting forms of discrimination that, that members of our community who also belong to other marginalized communities, who also belong to other communities, um, whether those are uh, communities of color or Native communities, um, people with disabilities, right, where they have intersecting uh, forms of discrimination that they experience, intersecting disparities. Um, and so a victory like this is going to impact uh, those people who are, are, are even more marginalized than the, the community as a whole because they experience those intersecting forms of discrimination even more. Um, and, and, and again, that goes back to why this is such an important victory for the community. Yeah, and it's important to acknowledge the wins when it does feel like there are a lot of losses these days as well. Absolutely. You know, I think one of the, um, one of the misconceptions when we win an election is that uh, you know, everything's going to change overnight, yeah. right? And certainly we saw this presidential administration, the Biden-Harris administration, uh, from day one start tackling the fight for LGBTQ equality. But that doesn't mean that it's all going to get done immediately. And it doesn't mean that we don't have to continue to fight in the courts, in Congress, uh, in, in the states, to make sure that at every single level, on every single issue that impacts our community, we are continuing to push forward toward full mm-hmm. lived equality. And I think this is, you know, just another important victory to your point at a time when, you know, whether it's voting rights or the Build Back Better uh, plan, it can feel like we're taking a lot of losses right now. Certainly, we have seen uh, last year the most unprecedented uh, attack on the trans community and state legislatures all across the country. So a victory like this, um, is, is is that much more important uh, in the face of some of these other setbacks and, and losses. Well, yeah, you said it. That was uh, Samuel Garrett-Pate, Managing Director of External Affairs from Equality California. Thank you again and for your optimism. Always happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Coming up next, a marginalized community has seen a sharp rise in violence and the LGBTQ plus community is a part of it. The Washington Post joins us up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Advocates are speaking out as more and more violence against the unhoused community rises. How did we get here and how it's affecting queer people? Well, we have Kyle Swinson from The Washington Post. Uh, thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. No, yeah, this one is a really intense one. I, I think we have to start from the beginning, though. Break down the severity of this violence that we're seeing and hearing about. So the uh, National Coalition of the Homeless um, has been the kind of forefront leader tracking crimes against people who are experiencing homelessness. And uh, according to a report they released in 2020, um, between 1999 and 2019, there were about um, 1,850 incidents against homeless individuals. Those are targeted, that's targeted violence attacks on people because they were unhoused. And of those attacks, we're talking about 515, I believe, were fatal. So the issue, that's kind of the backdrop. Of course, now we're seeing really an explosion of homelessness and people experiencing homelessness. And so those numbers are increasing all over the country and it's occasioning more and more collisions between the unhoused community and uh, others. And unfortunately, according to activists, we're seeing a rise in violence. And so what is being done locally in this case to uh, deal with this and, and protect uh, individuals versus necessarily target them more? Well, I think the the kind of key understanding here is to figure out how many attacks are actually happening. Mm. Um, that's really the, the the problem here is that you're dealing with a community that are disconnected um, from the larger kind of more mainstream access to police and, and governmental institutions, whether by choice or whether by circumstance. Mm. Um, so a lot of folks, you know, they if they are unhoused and they are the victims of a crime, they maybe not don't feel comfortable. Uh, reaching out and reporting that crime to police or seeking help or going to the hospital uh, for whatever reason. So really, according to the advocates I talked to for the story, the key is to try to find a systemic way of tracking these. And again, you know, what's difficult is if somebody is uh, attacked, the police usually take down specifics like race or how they identify in terms of gender. But the fact of the matter is, is housing stability or if they're housed or not is not something police typically track. And especially because homelessness is a condition that's so fluid. Someone might be living on the streets half a week and then have a place to stay with family for a few days or maybe living in a car for a few nights. Um, so it's really difficult. So a lot of the activists I talked to spoke about really having a concrete effort to kind of track these numbers. That's yeah. the key. Are we seeing this take place in more areas than one across the country? Well, you know, a lot of activists I spoke to say that California is the really the 
ground zero for homelessness in this country right now. Um, every city in California seems to be having a big issue with uh, unhoused communities uh, kind of rubbing against and colliding with other communities, whether that means there's tent city issues where the government, local governments are trying to clear encampments or um, pass laws that kind of basically criminalize homelessness. As um, you know, that's happening in California. California is big. Uh, Florida is another one. And Texas is, is also a place where you're seeing a lot of these crimes. Uh, where I live in Washington, D.C., uh, we're also experiencing uh, a, a rise in visible uh, populations that are not housed. And, uh, and we're seeing an uptick as well. Yeah, wow. Just horrible. Again, we're talking to Kyle Swenson from The Washington Post. Uh, so what happens next? We know this is going on. What's going to be done about it? Well, the National Coalition of the Homeless, as well as some other groups, are kind of spearheading a pilot program um, where they're going to not only kind of try to tally these crimes, but also uh, add some research and try to kind of pull some threads and some themes out. And really, um, you know, for example, the thesis that they have going in is that for every 60 days a person experiences um, on the street, every 60 days that they're unhoused, they're likely to see at least one or experience one violent crime. Uh, and actually, their thesis is that if that if that individual is a woman, that 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 is double. You know, their experience they'll see two crimes in that 60 days. Um, and so they're hoping then to pull out a lot of other threads and themes and see if there's certain factors, risk factors that they can identify um, and see what type of risk, for example, youth, you know, people who are experiencing homelessness who are under 18, people um, who are in the LGBTQ plus community who are experiencing homelessness, um, you know, what their risk factors, what their probability of seeing violence yeah. is. So they're really trying to just get the data. Um, and it's really a space where we don't have the data yet, but we really need that if we're going to protect these populations. Well, just want to say thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate you for joining us for this conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for bringing attention to it. It's important, I think. And once again, that was Kyle Swinson, a staff writer from The Washington Post. What's coming up next year? Uh, well, sorry for this news, but we've got to talk about it because it's ridiculous. The latest move by Rudy Giuliani is just plain shocking. What is trying to sell next? Rudy Giuliani, not someone we tend to like to bring up. Here I don't know. You here. were talking about how he was one of your faves over oh, yeah. when you were on the air. Oh, yeah. Like, you were going on and on <laughs> and on. I was like, wow, she's a fan. Well, calling me out. It's it's really now strange. Now everyone knows. Me and, and I was going to say Judy. <laughs> now, look at you. Y'all have like a little, you have a little nickname yeah, for him? exactly. <laughs> uh, WABC Radio, where Giuliani has a regular show, is selling signed 911 shirts um, for $911. You can choose from one of three colors to be signed by the former mayor. Uh, and before you are quick to criticize, it is going to charity. Uh, the fine print below says that a portion of proceeds go to the WABC Radio Foundation, a 501c3. What do you mean before you criticize? When people say going to charity, that, that doesn't mean anything. Especially when Rudy Giuliani's attached to it. I mean, WABC Radio, that's a bit embarrassing, like a legacy brand to uh, well, be okay with this. It is a conservative talk radio uh, format station, which is always interesting because... Is like, it really that embarrassing, then? Uh, I think it is. Like, you have... Uh, while it is a station and it is conservative, like it's connected to ABC, which I always find weird how these stations have the ABC, NBC, CBS, and yet totally no affiliation to those networks. Yeah, because it's just letters. 
Yeah, but when you think of it, you might think, oh, it, like ABC endorses this type of crap. I guess I didn't think of that. It's just WABC. Me, That's just a radio station. I, I like, what is ours, that. Justin? Like, uh, That would be KNX HD2. Yeah, exactly. Uh, We're connected to a reputable station. We also have 30, 34 other affiliates, but I have not memorized all of them. Well, that makes sense for yet. us to be. Uh, have you heard our show? We are uh, fully compa- <laughs> compatible with KNX. Exactly. Uh, but. So a lot of people are calling this out. They say it's obviously out of touch. I mean, he's out of touch. To do this as a giveaway. Like, you couldn't find any other T-shirts to sell besides the fact that we might not like Rudy. You know what? You know what I'm getting you for Christmas? One of these shirts because they're going to charity. No. And you're very excited about it. And it's like, what is this charity? A lot of people are saying, is this going to pay for his legal bills? Yes, clearly. I mean, not a lot of people said it. I think I said it. No, it was in some of the reports online. How many? (laughs) Uh, And now here is uh, CNN's Jim Acosta on the whole shirt ploy. Giuliani seems to have some free time on his hands these days as he appears to be selling autographed 9-11 t-shirts for $911. Rudy never forgets how to make a buck. Oh, that I mean, is rough. It's true, though. I think when as things are racking up, it's not like anyone's going to hire Rudy Giuliani anytime soon. So I can't wait to see him down at the local Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is a really good place to eat you to don't, food. You don't think Trader Joe's would hire Rudy Giuliani? No, actually, they could do better than that. Wow. I'm Trader Joe's, I actually know someone who's married to a guy who manages a Trader Joe's, and he's a really nice guy. They do not deserve I, did, I didn't say they were. I just was they giving have, Rudy Giuliani a prospect good, to actually, work at Trader Joe's. They have good benefits. They pay really well. You don't have to convince me. You're. It sounds like you're convincing Rudy. No, I'm saying like they they probably would not hire him. You don't know that. He, he is on YouTube. You know, he's trying to be a YouTube star right now. Can I go back to one thing? What? Ryan, you said you're going to buy that for for Christmas. That's really, really nice. What are you getting me for Christmas? Because that's <gasps> almost $1,000. Ooh. Uh, I'll buy you one, two. Wow, you're really dishing out the money there. You know, yeah. Ryan's making a lot of money in 2022. You know what? I'm speaking it from your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> Yeah, we're back, uh-huh. and stick around for more music right here on Channel Q. But right now, we've got more show. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep, a celeb couple's bringing up questions about whether you can stay with someone with different beliefs. That's in 15 minutes. And drama coming out of Adele's Vegas show. Girl, is it going to happen? Who knows? Yeah, that's in the T-Report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. A new study has found some of the strongest evidence to date that people with older brothers are more likely to be gay. Providing some of the best evidence to date supporting the fraternal birth order effect known as FBOE. Wait, what if you're the older brother that's gay? Then more gay. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not the one that did the I'm study. Because I'm the older brother out of my siblings. Really? But you're really like an only child, I thought. I grew up in a... Wow, I don't just <laughs> dismiss my entire siblings. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we also found evidence of this for both lesbians and gay men. Uh, men with an older brother were 12% more likely to have a registered relationship with a man compared to men with an older sister, according to the study published in the Journal of Sex Research this month. A man with three older brothers was found to be 41% more likely to do so than a man with three older sisters. That's a weird study. It is really strange. I almost thought this was a joke. Yeah, it kind of sounds like it. Or just like something like homophobic. I don't, well, 
what, yeah, because what ways do you find this to be homophobic? Because of the um, where you talked about like incest or uh, you know like how homophobia <laughs> what, is wrapped what, on around where, stories of incest. Where did incest come no, from? No, like homophobia is wrapped in stories like that, and so it kind of it feels in what way how people that are homophobic say like oh if you're, they're around someone who's gay or around another they're close to another individual of the same sex they're gonna become gay it's all these like stories like that I, now you know those tro- well, like I those only know the tropes very around, dangerous like, tropes molested yeah or, molested yeah but, like that like, too I've never heard well, incest yeah, but, being one of those tropes not for homosexuality. Not I haven't heard that. I've heard molest. Like even I mean, if I'm being transparent, even when like I came out to my mom, like the first thing was, well, did anyone touch you? Oh yeah, that's yeah. That's like that's the. He was using the, the wrong word, molesting. Incest, versus incest. is like incest Game is of the Thrones, two. the Cersei and and her and Jamie over there doing the nasty. Well, like in the fa- like, I don't yes. know nothing about that. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> the researchers were able to analyze several family formations, men with older brothers. Anyway, you get the point. But that is in the Journal of Sex Research. Found it quite fascinating. Now, Chastin Buttigieg says GOP uh, proposed bills to ban LGBTQ plus discussion in Florida schools will kill kids. Um, He actually tweeted about this and now just spoke out on CNN. The tweet I put out mentioned a survey by the Trevor Project in which 42% of LGBTQ kids, kids who were safe or comfortable enough to take the survey, said that they've seriously considered taking their own life. And we should be approaching that number with with urgency and with compassion and care, wondering what we're doing, what kind of country we're building, or in Florida, what kind of state are you building, where you're essentially pushing kids back into the closet. You're saying we can't talk about you. We can't even talk about your families. Yeah, really unfortunate, but yeah. I'm I'm happy that Chastin is speaking out and using his voice. Well, yes, because when you when they're talking about parents in this, they're automatically erasing LGBTQ plus parents, uh-huh. and that's just not fair in this conversation. So I'm happy as someone as high profile as the Chastin, uh, the Buttigieg family is. I'm happy that Chastin is speaking out um, in the in the ways because this you know inherently does impact other LGBTQ oh, yeah. parents as well. Definitely. And finally, America's job market hasn't fully recovered yet, but some states are already back to normal. In November, Texas and Arizona joined Utah and Idaho in recouping all their pandemic job losses, according to a report by ratings agency Fitch. In comparison, California and New York were only at 70 and 60 percent of their pre-pandemic employment levels. And this shows just how uneven the recovery has been in states that were more affected by the waves of the pandemic and had tighter restrictions to fight the outbreak, who are lagging now behind and recovering from their COVID job losses. And again, it's interesting. Uh, I'm sure the Republicans will use this against a lot of those states that had mandates, unfortunately. Who cares? Uh, But yeah, that's the way the cookie crumbles. And hopefully we'll be moving our way up into um, better times. That was what's trending this hour. What's going on in entertainment news, Ryan? Seems like Adele's Las Vegas show is rolling in the deep in mud. Um, Because it's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories are trending right now. There's nothing but drama happening behind the scenes of this show, apparently. Let me spill this tea for y'all, so I hope you're ready. Sources are talking, saying that the singer was shouting and sobbing on the phone to Rich Paul, her sports agent boyfriend of six months, Mm. during rehearsals. Um, Scott Robin, the Las Vegas-based journalist for Casino.org, who actually broke the news of the residency, told Page Six that Vegas 
insiders are now worried that Adele will cancel the concerts for good. Um, here is what he's saying. There are rumblings that there are uh, stresses related to Adele's relationship. I'm told that these stresses causes uh, caused her to be in a place where she was just not confident moving forward. You can't focus if you're not where you need to be in your head. Now, sources are also talking to The Sun and saying the shows were destined for trouble due to the behind-the-scenes clashes between Adele and acclaimed set designer Esmeralda Devlin, with whom she actually previously worked on her 2016 world tour. One source is claiming this. In spite of the set costing millions to put together, Adele was unhappy with the results, and she's made her feelings very clear to Esmeralda. I don't know. This is starting to sound like a big old, like, you know, crap. It seems like there's more that we don't know, really. Like, she blamed it on COVID, but maybe it was more some personal stuff. That yeah, came. those tears were not just COVID tears. Well, um, we got more coming up next uh, hour, so stick around for that. I got all the tea you have been wanting me to spill. Mm-hmm. Well, after this, how do you navigate separate beliefs in the same household? What happened to one celebrity couple recently that's bringing up this as, as a discussion? Let's get into it next. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Cheryl Hines might want to rethink her relationship. Over the weekend, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the world's leading anti-vax conspiracy theorist, by the way, her husband, I don't know how that happened. I mean, he is a Kennedy, so, you know. Um, He was one of the many speakers at the Defeat the Mandates rally in Washington, D.C. And here's what he had to share. Even in Hitler, Germany, you could... You can cross the Alps into Switzerland. You can hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. I visited in 1962 East Germany with my father and met people who had climbed the wall and escaped. So it was possible. Many died truly, but it was possible. Today, the mechanisms are being put in place that will make it so none of us can run and none of us can hide. Stop. Within five years, we're going to see 415,000 low-orbit satellites. Bill Gates says his 65,000 satellites alone. Stop it. I'm so sick of people comparing the vaccine mandates to the Holocaust. As a Jew, it is insulting, by the way. And I wouldn't even bring up being a Jew all the time. Like, my Jewish identity, it's a part of me, but I don't talk about it a lot. But this stuff makes me want to be like, do not F with the Jews in the Holocaust. Just stop it. Well, it just, it just doesn't make sense. The comparison is just so stupid. And honestly, it, it sounds like he has a lot more to worry about than this and being an anti-vaxxer. If you just listen to the clip, no shade. Um, but here's the thing. Um, 
you know, when we're talking about this idea of like marrying someone or being some, with someone who has differing opinions, yeah. there has to be a line. Because if you are just like, it, it kind of is that same thing where I always compare it to someone who is saying they are an ally in all things, right? They are uh, an ally when it comes to queer people. They're an ally when it comes to Black Lives Matter. But then they're dating someone or married to someone who is the complete opposite or is homophobic or is a downright racist and just being like, oh, it's just a differing opinions. No, it's not, sis. Um, it's 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 one of those things where you really have to stand firm and um, stand firm in, in something. If you believe in something, you can't be connected to someone who believes the complete opposite thing. How that's a privilege to be able to just overlook that and just call it a um, you know call it a day and call it like oh that's just a differing an opinion. Yeah, too many people have died. It's not like me being into veganism. Even though that could be, you know, that people have said that is a bit of a moral thing. But, you know, or like liking pizza with pineapples and thinking that's gross, right? Did you just bring up a, that example after I gave a great example about racism and Black Lives Matter and homophobia? I said it's not like, uh, you know, that's serious. That is important. Right. I said this isn't like a discussion of like, oh, we like different foods. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that yeah. you could disagree on. Or, you know, I like a latte, you like a cappuccino. Okay, that is nor that's more normal. Yeah, these types of things I agree. When it comes to value systems, right, that's difficult. I mean, how do you even get turned on unless you like hate sex? Uh, I'm pretty sure Robert's <laughs> not getting it in. He sounds a little shaky. So Cheryl Hines, uh, obviously, probably saw this. She she probably knows what he thinks. It's pretty obvious, but. Uh, People were sharing it on Twitter, and someone says, you need to make a statement. Do you stand with your husband? Well, a day later, Monday evening, Hines finally broke her silence on the whole thing, saying, my husband's opinions are not a reflection of my own. While we love each other, we differ on many and that's issues. that's so dumb. Why even say that? Because it, it still is a reflection because you're married to the guy. <laughs> I, mean, I don't care that he's a Kennedy, but I mean... Because I, I think the actual Kennedys were good people. They were just cursed in some way, if you really believe those conspiracy So the, the only one that lived had to continue with and their legacy. <laughs> like, literally. But I guess every family has one, no matter if you're good or not. And this guy, wow. I mean, it's just, it's rude. It's disgusting. It makes no logical sense. And it's just really shocking that we're still seeing these anti-vaxxer protests and we're still getting, you know, big names like this to be involved with it. But I don't know, Miss Cheryl really has to figure things out because you really cannot just say that your your husband's opinions are not a reflection of your own because he's saying that at your dinner table, sis. Now you can't what are you like saying? He, he isn't, you know, yeah, ranting and raving about that. And then, like, when you're with someone and you have kids, how do y'all discuss these more, like, these Important moral conversations? Issues, yeah. yeah, like, how do y'all discuss that? Because if he's thinking some one other way and and she's thinking another way, that just feels like that's oil and vinegar or water and vinegar. What's the what's the things that don't mix? Oil and vinegar. Okay. Well, water, <laughs> like, and vinegar. Water, and, water and oil. Water, water and oil. Water and oil. Well, <laughs> just some don't mix. <laughs> you know... I feel bad because I really like Cheryl Hines. I've actually met her in person. Very nice person. But to know that she's married to this very makes you question things, right? I don't know. It makes me feel like she's a um, a coward. Oh, now I'm putting a face to her. Uh, yeah. To her. She's the girl from The Grinch. <laughs> she is. Ain't she? And Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, Curb I've, never, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> that was hilarious. And both of us said totally two different things at the same time. <laughs> she is. Different generations. But seriously, though, before we, like, I, 
what about you? Because you're a partner. If you and your partner discuss things, like, what if y'all, I mean, not as serious as Oh, girl, as this. We, no, we do, and you know that, and you know that it's created major issues in our relationships when he doesn't bring this up because we all Luckily, he's not a racist or a homophobe. Yes. Like, I actually like um, him. But we've had moments where I have to make him understand certain things because he's not as deep in spaces and having the conversations we're having. Yeah. And... You know, and because of my fear of maybe dating a person like that, because you could find things out through conversations all the time, I get so, it's not just worried, but I do get legitimately concerned. And so I'll be like, you need to get this. And if you don't, like, you know me, I get very black and white about it. what happens if one day he's like, I will never (laughs) understand it? Is that a moment where you have to really reconsider That has been a, um, that's a flag and it's also becomes a deal breaker. Like, I want to be partners in crime with someone like... Like aligned with values, so that you know we're teaching certain things to our children. Now, if you don't stand like, for something, you'll fall for anything. And I'm not, ain't no penis that good to be falling for something as crazy like that. And I know Robert F. Kennedy, girl Cheryl, is not giving you that good D in the ways that I know you probably wish you had it to stick around that man. <laughs> is gearing up to watch the Super Bowl halftime show, what they won't get to see is the 72 volunteer hours that fans will be spending over nine days in rehearsals just to be a part of the big show. Now, should you have to give up almost two weeks of work to be a part of the biggest stage in the world? Well, joining us is Jessica Gelt, arts and culture reporter for the LA Times. What's up, Jessica? Thanks for joining us. Hey, hi there. Thanks for having me. Now, Jessica, I don't know what the hell is going on, but please... Talk about it. Break it all down. Why is there 72 hours unpaid that these fans have to, like, experience? So, you know, this all kind of came to the forefront after um, a dance artist named Taja Riley, who's danced with, you know, Beyonce and Janet Jackson and Nicki Minaj, spoke out about it on Instagram. And it had come to her attention that a um, professional dance agency here in Los Angeles had reached out to its clients, offering them the opportunity to volunteer to be part of what they call the field cast. Um, and she felt like Taja felt like that was completely insane that, you know, professional dancers were being asked to volunteer. Um, and then, you know, she posted about it and got a a lot of uproar online. And then I, you know, reached out to her and interviewed her. And then I also reached out to Fatima Robinson, the the iconic choreographer who's choreographing Super Bowl halftime. Um, and she said that, you know, the information was inaccurate and that they were hiring 110 professional dancers and paying them, and that the call for field cast um, volunteers went out through community groups, you know, local theater organizations, drill teams, athletic teams, and whatnot, and they were just looking for excited fans to come out there on the field. But the problem is is that they are asking for 72 hours (laughs) over a period of nine days for these people um, to participate in this, and that's still causing a stir, professional dancers or not. Wow. Yeah, even if you're, you know, an extra on a movie. Like, we all know that a lot of people do things just to be closer to the entertainment industry in Hollywood, including this. But when you're talking about it's not just, like, a fun experience. Like, this yeah. is work. You know, it, it, you don't even need to be a professional dancer. But, like, you know, what what are they saying to that? Like, they're still basically saying it's okay to have 72 volunteer hours. Is there any nonprofits involved with this? How is that even legal? 
No. And, you know, Taja uh, had looked into it and she felt that it wasn't legal. But I did talk to um, Rock Nation, the group that's executive producing the show, and they said they strictly follow all SAG after rules. And whatever, you know, loophole they have, I'm sure they've thoroughly researched it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not, well, I can't say that I'm 100% sure. So, you know, maybe somebody should look specifically into that. But for some reason, this has been going on every year at the Super Bowl. You know, whenever you see those people on the field dancing in front of the stage, this is what's going on. And, you know, some of them are just, you know, fans who are just excited to be out there. But some of them are struggling actors and musicians and Mm -hmm. dancers. And, you know, and Taja Riley is just saying, hey, you know, especially in a pandemic, especially after the social justice uprisings of 2020, like it is not this is not this is not acceptable anymore. People need to be paid for this kind of time and labor. Yeah. And we're speaking with Jessica Geltz from the L.A. Times. Here's the thing. I I mean, you know, I would do this if Beyonce was going for her third run at the Super Bowl just because it's Beyonce. And I know what I would get to experience. <laughs> um, but that's just me personally. I'll take off work for Beyonce. I'll, mm. I'll sleep in a tent for Beyonce. <laughs> okay. um, but, I, you know, as I, I as I think about this are they at least like kind of like are they feeding them are they getting any other like you (laughs) know perks of being a part of this to make it kind of better even though it's awful i i think that they are i've heard that they are feeding them um they are supposed to provide their own transportation and that apparently is because of covid risks and they also have to test regularly for covid Mm. but some of these rehearsal sessions last up to nine hours and i can't you know and, and, and the casting director that I spoke with who talked about why that was, said it was for safety issues. That, you know, when you're, you're when on a field during a production of this caliber and this size, the people coming on and off the field need to know where the pyro is. They need to know where the cables are, where the cameras are. They need to know how to get on and off that field in a safe manner. So she said that's why all the time. But nonetheless, you know, that's a lot of time. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, like, here's the thing. If I was even a producer, if I was overseeing this and I knew that my company was doing this, I'd be embarrassed. And I would just go out of my way to say, like, how much money is it really for, what, 100 people at minimum wage? Like, this is Super Bowl is is the biggest night in sports and entertainment. 400 people? Or is it 400? Yeah. it's 400. Still, you know what I'm saying? Like, for liability purposes, I would just be like, hey, let's just pay everyone for the time. Like, what is that really? out of the budget yeah Yeah, and that's interesting and i'm wondering if that will be the result of this like if that's what's going to happen coming out of this because i think that the producers are getting a lot of flack for this and you know a lot like this has generated a lot of attention even at the newspaper this story is like you know among our top read stories lately like people are really really like this is really resonating with people and and i think that you know this is an issue of you know back you know 20 years ago people used to do unpaid internships and whatnot and and Mm -hmm. recently you know younger generations are saying "Uh uh-uh that's that's not a thing anymore we don't do that you know so like you know fatima robinson the choreographer said that she started her career dancing for free and then she became an extra in boys in the hood and now she's at the top of her game and she is and a lot of people came up that way but I think a younger generation of artists is saying, uh-oh, we need to be paid for our time. And so, you know, the cultural shift. Well, Jessica Gell, thank you so much for joining us. Jessica is an arts and culture reporter for the LA Times, so please continue to read the incredible stuff that you're writing about. I'm, thanks for being thank here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Sure. what's up next? Well, it's not just Americans trying to shortchange workers. The Queen's latest job posting, that's next. Yes, Queen Elizabeth II is on the lookout for a uh, permanent part-time housekeeping assistant. You could work with the royals for 20 hours a week. 
You know, I always find it interesting, uh, yeah, when they put out these jobs to work with a royal family. Like, I do wonder, if for someone who's obsessed, like, it probably would be the Well, they wouldn't be the dream. It. But, yeah, I'm assuming they, they wouldn't, wouldn't get it. It would have to be someone, like, really that does not care, right? Yeah, but I need to know how much money they Okay, well, let's get pay. to that. Yeah, people are it's calling her family. out because uh, on the job posting... You would, you again, think because of how high uh, level this is or um, public they are that they wouldn't include details. They would just say, if you're interested, apply. We'll give you more on the phone or something. But they put it all out there. And they said that people will receive um, $9.50 per hour. That's in UK minimum wage, right? That's $12.95. That's it to work for the royal yes, family? Yes. They're, they're basically doing it minimum wage. N- nothing less, nothing more. Minimum wage. To clean the castle? To clean the <laughs> toilets, the royal toilets. Girl, I don't even believe uh, that's actually Queen Elizabeth that we've been seeing sometimes pop up in the, in the. I feel like it's her doppelganger. I don't I don't believe it's her. I feel like Queen Elizabeth's been gone for a minute and this is just a deep thing. You never know. Um, can do that. You just never know. But I, there is just no way. They should be ashamed of themselves about like paying this. I don't know what the cost of living is, but who's in going to UK, do this? Yeah, like well, who's going to do this? Uh, Someone obviously who needs and work. I know twenty hours. No, but like even that twenty hours a week. That's like doesn't feel like a like a lot. So that doesn't even it's really part add time. Up. That's so that's awful. Not to clean no toilets. It's a housekeeping assistant. So yeah, I, I think that this probably wasn't in the best taste. Like they should have gone up a bit. But you know, this is what it takes now, to start what do you out. Mean a with, bit? You sound, this is what it takes to you start may out. Sound like they should go up in a, a dollar. I think that'll be good. <laughs> a dollar adds up on minimum wage. No, it doesn't actually. They need to be at least. That should at least be like, you oh, know. Let's let's remember. What. Uh, the royal family, just, you know, I Read know we are joking. Cards. <laughs> so Justin just, wait, so here's the thing. Producer Justin just held something up, uh, which is a good point, which we were going to get to, but I, I decided we to read it. Weren't. And I'm, I, let me tell you, without my glasses, I could barely read what he wrote. It was about the royal family, how they're the wealthiest family on earth, not on wealthiest earth. Wealthiest landowners in the world. Landowners, mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah, so they have the money to be able to pay more than just a measly $12 an hour. You know what, I that think- at least be like a twenty to thirty dollar hour job. I think they're scared of losing power. They're just you know really hoarding that money. First of all, the royal family are nothing but figureheads anyway. It's not like they actually have power. Like, girl, have you watched the Princess well, Diaries power. with Anne Hathaway? That that tells you everything you need to know about a parliament. Oh, you liking that? Future yes. starts now. Kim Petras, what's up? You know, I love that song that we always play here on Junk Q. I think we're going to start playing her new one very, very soon, Coconuts. A little tease. Be excited about that because my coconuts are everywhere. Keep it on the, your set. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've also got some more show happening. Dogs instead of vaccine cards, what some people are doing to trick us all. Wow. How dare they bring in the dogs? Is this a story about me? Yes. It's like you using Coco. <laughs> Plus, uh, Peter Dinklage, the actor, is calling out the new Snow White. Mm-hmm. That's in the tea report in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. The number of major U.S. corporations endorsing the Equality Act has risen above 500. The Business Coalition for the Equality Act, organized by the Human Rights Campaign, now has 503 members. HRC announced that this morning. The coalition had surpassed 400 members last April. New names on the list include Edward Jones, REI, McDonald's, Honeywell, Harley-Davidson, MetLife, 
uh, Sony. I'm trying to find the big ones. I don't even know why when you said Edward Jones, I thought you were going to say Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands has come out of the, like, wow. his, uh, his home, his what, the shadows, to endorse the Equality Act. When was the last time you've seen Edward Scissorhands, <gasps> He's oh, in a wow. He stays in his house on the mountain on the hill. What? Yeah, for part of the movie. Yeah, I'm like, girl. But didn't he end there as well? He was also a beautiful gardener. I know, but he ended up still back on the house right away from everyone. Eventually. <laughs> How about we not do this? Now, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis used his time uh, to joke with reporters after President Biden called Fox's Peter Ducey a SOB. Well... Mike, I don't know if I'm supposed to call you Mike or, or some SOB. How's it work now? What's the, um, you know, so, no, Mike, I, I like that better. Um, well, well, we're going to see. Ah, oh, they're so funny. Yeah. They're so funny at the GOP. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, DeSantis uh, touted COVID treatments, uh, these two antibody therapies, after the FDA says they don't work. And uh, let's move on. Rihanna is backing her belief that climate change is a social justice issue. She is pledging $15 million to the movement through her Clara Lionel Foundation. It is, though. Uh, She announced the donation to 18 climate justice organizations doing work in seven Caribbean nations in the U.S. They include the Climate Justice Alliance, the Indigenous Environmental Network, and the Movement for Black Lives. So good on her for doing that. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so Peter Dinklage is calling out the new live-action Snow White movie. Yes! Uh, It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So, um, if you didn't know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is getting a live-action remake. Mm. But Emmy winner, um, actor, you know, the Emmy winner, um, Peter Dinklage, isn't sure that it should. The Game of Thrones star appeared on Mark, um... Moran's WTF podcast. Mark Marin. Marin. Oh, yeah, that's the host. That's He's a pretty iconic host, yeah. Oh, girl. Well, I don't know him. Oh, um, no. The comedian. Sorry, I was mixing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, you're wrong. Okay. Continue. And basically, he raised some questions about revisiting the 85-year-old film at this time. But before we get there, um, he basically, uh, you know, the first full-length film animated feature from Disney can still be told, says Dinklage. It just needs to be updated to today's standard. Here's what he had to say. Very, very, they're very proud to cast a, a Latino actress as Snow White. Yeah. But you're still telling the story of Snow still White. Snow White, yeah. Seven Dwarfs. Sure. So. Look, take, take a step back and look at what you're doing there. Yeah. I know. That makes no sense to me. But, oh, so... What, you what, can be, you're progressive in one way, and then, but you're still making that mm-hmm. backward oh, story of seven dwarves <laughs> living in a cave. To get, what the f*** are you doing, man? We, you know, have, yeah, I, yeah. have I done nothing to advance the cause <laughs> from my soapbox? <laughs> I guess I'm not loud enough. You know what, Peter Dinklage, please, whatever you want to do to my body. <laughs> His voice, he has such a great voice. He's just, I mean, he is a, the most, one of the most delicious men. It's like wild. Anyway, um, Disney responded to the actor's comment in a statement to The Hollywood Reporter saying the film intends to take a different approach with these seven characters in order to avoid reinforcing stereotypes from the original animated film. The company added that they have been consulting with members of the dwarfism community during the film's lengthy development period. But guess what? Just because you're consulting with folks does not necessarily 
necessarily mean that they are on the right page as the full community. That's the thing when it comes to consultants and bringing them on. Like, you're still getting someone's lens, and you would just hope that they are, like, you know, coming there from an educated spot. And um, Peter brought up a lot of valid points. Mm-hmm. Who cares about this movie, in all honesty? But, I, yeah, I mean, I guess everyone wants to make a remake, but... I know, it's so lazy. Well, that's your tea report. We got more coming up next hour. And Peter, come tickle my dinklage. Oh, oh wow. All right, you went there. <laughs> I'm just Googling him and checking out he him and his hot. wife. You he don't think very he's cute. hot? No, I'm looking. I think he's sexy. I think he is so hot. All right, moving on. Is a legendary classic rocker putting his money where his mouth is regards uh, to anti-vax talk or taking his ball and going home? Okay, this is very controversial, and we're going there next. Mm. Neil Young is going after Spotify over vaccine misinformation. Yep, he's going right to the source. Not Joe Rogan, right to Spotify. I love this song, by the way. Uh, Neil Young posted a since-deleted letter to his management team and record label demanding that they remove his music from Spotify, saying, I am doing this because Spotify is spreading fake information about vaccines, potentially causing death to to those who believe the disinformation being spread by them. Please act on this immediately today and keep me informed on the time schedule. And then he goes, uh, I want you to let Spotify know immediately today that I want all my music off their platform. Well, you know, I don't know Neil Young, but clearly he got some sense. And I love that. I wouldn't want to be a part of Spotify either because they rather pay, you know, anti-vaxxers that take horse medicine like um, Joe Rogan tons of money instead of actually fueling the actual right information, which, you know, sucks. So. I do wonder if enough artists came together, if they would take Rogan down or at least say, you know, we're going to vet certain things. I mean, they've paid him the money. There would be some sort of, you know, if he did leave a breach of contract, you know, I don't know what would happen, but that's a lot of money well, that's already on the table. For I this. wonder what Joe Rogan has to say for him to take him uh, his own self down. It seems like there's nothing he really can he can kind of get away with saying anything, unfortunately, and which is very dangerous because you know what that reminds us of. It, we had to deal with it for four years, and so um, it's it's really interesting. I don't even know if the world's biggest artists came together and all took a stand um, because most of the time they're all going on his podcast to talk about it. <laughs> Neil Young is 70-something, no shade, but ain't nobody talking about Neil Young on a regular basis until now because he's taking such a stand. And so it's just one of those things where like, Neil, we appreciate your fight as a, Listen. you know, doing whatever you're doing, but Neil, I would love to know what check you're getting from Spotify when they're like <laughs> streaming your, like, your songs. I mean, an icon. But you that know, don't mean yeah, that you can be an icon, but that I mean you get you get pennies like when it comes to your streaming numbers. And so I think it's it's I feel like unfortunately Joe Rogan is in a spot where um, he is. He's just kind of a, a, in a space where he's un- untouchable, which is so gross it to is think weird. about and say. It is. Uh, you know, you said you're not sure if they would do it for celebrities. I mean, last month, 270 doctors, physicians, science educators signed an open letter asking Spotify to stop spreading Rogan's baseless claims. And I think people are and not did even... did that even do listen, anything? I don't even think at this point, they know they're that they're not going to take him down, but at least deal 
with these episodes that have been out there taking them down. The way this country works, they don't even care if little children lose their lives in mass shootings. So why are they going to listen to, you know, everyday essential workers well, who are actually on the front lines yeah. dealing with this, taking care of their own co-workers, taking care of their loved ones, taking care of your loved ones, Joe Rogan, who are, you know, catching the COVID, taking care of you when you're on your platform, mis- you know, spreading all this misinformation and taking medicine for horses. Like, what is it? I'm, it's just, it's really annoying to me, the power that a fear factor host yeah, yeah. How, how ironic, right? He was the Fear Factor host, and then this is what's making him. I mean, he was already famous, but this brought him into this next level, right? All, all of this talk around the vaccines and COVID. Oddly enough, you know, Spotify isn't an American company. It's a Swedish company that believes in healthcare, right? And and social medicine, and they aren't following regulations. So it is that is also ironic that you know now they're in the midst of this huge controversy that's happening mostly in America with this leading talent. Even if you're conscious, capitalism is still going to, oh, yeah. to, to fuel your desires because they're looking at it. It's a business. And if we're how you know housing Joe Rogan, then that's a moneymaker for us, no matter what he's saying. They're probably like, that's gross. They're probably like, oh, why do these Americans ruin it for us again? Like, all we wanted to do is hire a celebrity host to bring in people for this podcast and now, but they like, knew who Joe Rogan bad. was before when they offered him those millions of dollars. They knew that. They knew they what they were getting in bed with, and so that's what they wanted to do. And let's just say, you know, down the line, I I hope Spotify doesn't end up regretting that decision. But right now, it seems like Joe Rogan is the cishet white man that everyone looks up to. It's like he's their anti-vax superman. It's stupid. That they never asked for, right? Well, uh, we hope uh, that... What's his name? I almost, Neil Young. Neil we Young hope Neil made. Young is okay. Well, we don't. I, I don't have uh, numbers for sure, but uh, one of his contemporaries, Bob Dylan, in 2020, sold his rights to mm. his music catalog for 300 million dollars. Look I at know, that! But that's you're talking about Bob Dylan. I know Bob Dylan. I don't know Neil, Neil Young. Young? Uh, would you Crosby consider Stills, them at the Nash same Young, level? Yeah. Would you consider Bob Dylan and Neil Young at the same level? I would say pre- pretty close to the Probably same level. Probably not. No. If everybody don't know him, then every, I feel like everyone knows Bill. If I, I Bob Dylan, if I go out on the street and ask some random, do you know Neil Young versus Bob Dylan? They're going to say they know Bob. We're Dylan. definitely getting an email for this conversation <laughs> from. So, if you are, you know, listening to this and you are a Neil Young fan, I'm just, you know, I apologize. Describe yourself too. <laughs> Well, a restaurant in Canada was forced to briefly close its dining room after the health department found that people were showing photos of dogs instead of proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test as mandated by the Canadian province. How creative. Um, At least that's a cute thing to use. Like, Of nah, course nah. that's what you have to say. No, hold some <laughs> accountability. During this investigation, here's how they found out. During the investigation, the health department sent two test shoppers at different times, mm, yeah. and both were able to enter and dine in after showing a photo of a dog in personal identification. <laughs> so wait, did this go around like the gossip was like, okay, you go to this restaurant, just show your dog photo. That's like the way they get, <laughs> get in. Like, it's like, I'm Imagine a bouncer being like, password, dog. No. It's Cute like, puppy photo. <laughs> Is it a Bichon or a poodle? <laughs> I got to know. I, and I... Golden Retriever? All right, we'll bring in three. Three yeah. people for a Golden Retriever. No, this is absolutely ridiculous. What do you have to say for yourself, Shira? <laughs> I'm sorry. As the Canadian, 
here on our soil. I mean, what do you have to say for yourself? I mean, even the Canadians are having some issues with these mandates, it seems, and losing their moral compass. No. Canada has seen a steep rise in cases as the Omicron variant spreads. The country recorded 294,000 new cases for the week ending in January 9th alone. That's the highest weekly total of the pandemic. The fact that they're doing this is wild well, to me. Well, actually, a lot of places right now in Canada are shut down. Taking dog photos? No, no. Besides, where was this in Canada? Um, Alberta. Alberta. Good old Alberta. Uh, But, you know, in Montreal, my hometown, it's on lockdown. Like, all restaurants are closed. No, it is. (laughs) All you got to do is show the, you know, I don't know. There's some sort of underground restaurant. Yeah, what was that golden retriever that played basketball? Airbud. Airbud. All you got to do is bring Airbud and you're good. Oh, yeah, that would get you free drinks for the night. (laughs) My God. Canadians are so nice. This is their way that they break the rules. Right. All they need is a happy dog to break like, rules. Here people are just beating each other up and everything. <laughs> like, and they're they're like, just show your dog. Just show your cute Come pups. on, at least make us happy if we're gonna break the rules. That is absolutely psychotic. So, you know, uh maybe not the best, but it's a cute idea, and we're liking the positive spin to no, doing something. It's not bad. a cute idea. <laughs> this is awful. This is literally contributing to all of the reasons why we are not out of this yet. Over a dog. That's so annoying that people care more about animals, as they do, than human lives. That That is true. Wow. <laughs> that is true. I wonder if in the U.S. they have the same thing where they have people going to restaurants. It didn't seem like they had the same secure, like, people undercover going to places. They were relying, I guess, on all of us. <laughs> Right. No, here's how crazy it was. The uh, faculty staff used a tablet to make it appear as if they were scanning a QR code when, in fact, the staff member was just presented with a photograph of a dog. See, how would this not get around, like, to local authorities, including in Alberta, where there's not a lot going on? Like, there's only a few places. I mean, I don't want to be, because I actually have not been to Alberta, and I don't want to be cliche. Wow. (laughs) Just some Canadian doesn't mean I've been everywhere. Canada's a very big place. But Alberta, it's not like, um, it's not uh, as big. I mean, it's a province, but um, it's not as like you know. In con- just hate you. Just say you hate Alberta. <laughs> just say it yeah, clearly. Okay. So, uh, but it, you would assume you know it, these are places that don't have a, as much going on, and it's freezing. It's in the middle of winter, so news would go you know and be spread quickly in a yeah. place like Alberta if this was they were doing something Can like I this. Can I just extend an apology to our listeners in Calgary and Edmonton right now? We're, we are so sorry for the elitist talk of our, yeah. our host Shira Lazar no, Shira and her a, Montreal talk. Can we please talk about the the, uh, the population? It's four million people that live Spread in Alberta. The fact that you're talking, the, so huge. You're talking about Do you know it how like big Alberta no. is? How big that's spread across? You're literally talking about it like it's in the, like the middle of nowhere where there's no street lights or gr- like pavement. Actually, Calgary, so Calgary is a mini city. Banff is like in the mountains. Edmonton and Lake Louise. Girl, it's the fourth largest province. How are you talking about Alberta like it doesn't matter? I'm just saying, Alberta, kind of you can do whatever the hell you want. You are in the middle of nowhere, okay? She hasn't been to Canada in a very long time, so I'm very sorry that she is just making up her own rules at this point. All right, we're back. Oh, Jesus. Sure, you're so frustrating. It's ridiculous. So, you know, Fox News host Laura Ingram, is got. Uh, she basically got the SNL treatment, mm-hmm. and clearly she doesn't know how to um, take a joke. Here is, I guess, the SNL clip. Well, we're finally done with year one of Biden's presidency. And can we all admit it's a disaster? Inflation's out of control. 
gas is at $19 a gallon, and the green M&M's been canceled just for being a whore. I mean, she does it so well, and this isn't the first time she's played her. She's been playing her for years on SNL. But uh, it seems like Laura Ingram, as you mentioned, can't really take a joke because she clapped back on her show. The reason I like Kate McKinnon, I have so much respect for her as a talent. She's so even-handed in her political commentary, but seriously, think of all the low-hanging fruit provided by Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, little PDB and the squad on a near-daily basis. I mean, I think this is kind of comedy gold, don't you? I mean, well, it's kind of funny. I, but I, I mean, she actually sounds like that. I know. So it's, like, that's, it it's like weird. It's very meta. You know, there's something to be said. Honestly, a lot of people would be like excited to be featured on SNL, but it seems like, like you know, conservatives are only like, they get butthurt about it. Well, yeah, if they had their own SNL, I'm sure they would love it. You know, like, what would that even look like? <laughs> Right? Like, what comedians... It, it would be like... I mean, it's literally what we watch on Fox News. It would be like that Joe, is SNL, Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle host. It would be racist. It would be all of the things that it shouldn't be. So, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the funny thing is about this is that you know this is going to be SNL, like, loves this stuff. SNL is going to eat it up for next weekend, where the best thing would be is if they put the two of those aside and put the third one of her making Kate McKinnon, making fun of Laura Ingram, making fun of her performance as her as Laura Ingram on the show. Just like it's a never ending domino effect. I could see it happening. That's my pitch for the writer's room. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're wrapping up the shows we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes Queen. Well, our favorite Amy Schneider, we've been following her journey on Jeopardy. She is now officially the Queen of Jeopardy. Schneider won her 39th game, becoming Did number I two. I was, thought it was going to end, and I thought it was a beat, but <laughs> it didn't. It just continued. It's never ending. Um, she became number two on the hit game show's all-time consecutive wins list. And that has her winnings at a total of $1.3 million, around a bit over that. $1.3 million, pretty good. Uh, Ken Jennings, who is the only contestant in the show's history to win more games than Schneider with 74 wins, has been hosting the show during Schneider's winning streak as well. And she is making history as the most successful woman in the show's history, the show's first transgender contestant to qualify for the Tournament of Champions and the highest performing transgender person in the show's history. So many great things. Congrats to her once again, Amy Schneider. I mean, yes. So how much money has she made? I'll just let you uh, listen it. to the podcast. Oh, you <laughs> no, it's it's one point three million. Damn. Yeah. Just can, can is there a cap on that? Like, can she go back and make more? She can. Actually, I didn't know this. I'm, I'm giving credit. Producer Justin just was like, uh huh. She could go so after in a new season. She could go. No, she's the season's still going on. She's thirty nine oh, in a row right see, now. I still she's, don't get the rules. She'll keep going. Shouldn't there be like a cap on that? Like, how much information can you possibly know? And where do they get the money? Like, uh, I mean, no other show. Is this like advertisers the... Advertisers? Uh, <laughs> where else do they get game show prize money? I guess, yeah, the, yes, t- yeah. the TV networks. I, yeah, it's a, a lot of money to throw down. But I guess there's actors that get this. They might as well give it to real people who are smart. Okay, that's actors. our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yeah, like actors on a s- sitcom or all that. Oh, yeah. 
That's our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes Queen. And that does it for our show today, but we are back tomorrow. Same time, weekdays here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. On tomorrow's show, uh, we're going to be talking about, oh my God, how people are cloning their dogs, and we'll tell you why, or at least they're interested in it. Are we talking about that? Yes, we are. It's wild to me. This is just the beginning of the end. Uh, Plus, we're going to be talking about how Democratic leaders are going to be looking at introducing new policies around COVID. Will they find bipartisan support? Time will tell. Yeah. We'll see if that time will run up very soon. (laughs) Uh, That's on tomorrow's show. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. We are sending you love and light. And honey, you better remember to slay. Now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris, where he's talking about signs that your relationship may be failing. Wow. That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 